That said, Vadim, we got Megan on the line here. What do you want to ask her? Would you mind sharing some of the grit and the challenges you experienced on your journey? Sure. So some of the grit, I think it's easiest to explain what grittiness looked like when I described when we were getting out of debt. On the weekends, I would sell houses and do marketing consulting and just grind it out because I had this huge dream that if we could become free, we would have the opportunity to be where we're at today. How many more people could we impact if I just broke free from the cycle of being in debt, broke free from being chained to cube land? Like how many more people could we impact? Welcome to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast with your host, Brian Briscoe. In this podcast, we bring some of the top professionals in the apartment investing field to discuss various aspects of the apartment investing journey with the sole purpose of educating listeners to make wise investment decisions. The Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast is sponsored by Four Oaks Capital, bringing you high yield returns through apartment complex investing. This is episode number 117 and part of our Ask the Expert series. Today, we bring on experienced investor Megan Lamke and aspiring investor Vadim Ray. Keep listening to hear about giving back from multifamily real estate investing and why it's important to have grit. And now, the show. Our first guest and experienced investor Megan Lamke started her real estate investing working at Wells Fargo Home Mortgage. She's also been involved in house hacking, purchasing real estate through the Burr Method, growing a property management business, passively investing in real estate, and now actively investing as a general partner in real estate syndications. And in the process, paid off over $500,000 in debt in five years. Now, Megan and her husband both work from home and have time freedom and financial freedom to spend quality time with their three-year-old daughter. And Megan and her husband also get to go sailing, play rugby, and travel as much as they want. Wow, Megan, that's super impressive. That said, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Brian. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. Yeah, we met a couple of years ago. Uh, I think it was like the Michael Blanc conference in it Dallas. Was. Yeah, so, yeah, back um, when we could meet in real life. I know, right? Yeah, and uh, I mean, not necessarily intending to do a promo, but uh, guess what? That conference is back on live in Dallas in July. So maybe we'll see each other again then. For sure. So, hey, let's let's talk about you a little bit. Let's talk about your background and history. And one thing I'm very, very interested in is you know how you guys got out from underneath that mountain of debt that uh, you said you were under. So, you yeah. know, cue it up for us, background history, and, and make sure you hit those points. Perfect. Uh, I'm one of those weirdos that started reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad when mm-hmm. I was in elementary and middle school. Mm-hmm. My family had gone through a bankruptcy. And so I always knew that I wanted to find a way to get out of the rat race. Mm-hmm. I still did the traditional plan, went to a really expensive private college, signed my life away in student loans. And my husband and I, when we got engaged, had over $535,000 worth of debt, um, including our student loans and our mortgage. And we Mm -hmm. went through Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University and paid all of that off in Mm -hmm. under five years. And so when- Half a million dollars paid off in five years. Yeah. So we were so gazelle intense at that Mm -hmm. time. I mean, I know there's so many listeners that can relate where you just stay up late at night thinking, oh my gosh, I'm drowning in debt. Am I ever going to- get free from this rat race? Am I ever going to have financial freedom or early retirement or any of the things that you dream about? Or even retirement. I or mean, even retirement yeah, at that like, point. Like, am I going to work till I die? You know? Yeah. yeah so. Like, uh, and yeah. so 
we knew there had to be a better way. We were working our corporate jobs in working for great fast growing technology companies. I had a side hustle of um, being a licensed real estate agent and uh, a couple other side hustles. And we were really just grinding it out to pay mm-hmm. off that massive amount of debt. So when we, that happened, I turned to my husband and I said, okay, well now what? Yeah. We just did our debt-free scream. What are we going to do? Like our house is paid off. Should we go do this again and do the burst strategy and house hack or whatever? Or is there a better way? Should we look at passively investing in multifamily syndications? Should we sell our house because it doubled in value and take all of that equity? Will people think we're crazy? Well, at that point, we didn't really care what people thought. And so we did that. (laughs) Sold our house, used the equity to passively invest in multifamily syndications, and then started getting those monthly distribution checks. And Mm -hmm. we're like, oh my gosh, this is replacing my side hustle income. Wait a second. This is replacing like my corporate salary. Mm -hmm. I think I should quit my job. Honey, do we have enough in our savings account for me to quit my job? Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, cool. And then continued to network with great people like you, Brian, and went to a bunch of conferences and started providing value for general partners because my background was in corporate sales and marketing mm-hmm. um, and really filling in the gap in that investor relations, corporate marketing role to help experienced syndicators continue to scale and grow. Yeah. Okay. So just, just to review, and I think that's absolutely amazing. I mean, you, there, there was actually before I review, you know, there's one, one time where we, we had, you know, between my wife and I, two student loans, two car ma- payments, we had a mortgage at the time, but we didn't lump that into our, you know, quote unquote debt, you know, unquote, but yeah. uh, it, it's one of those things that when you're, when you're burdened with that debt and you're looking at more than half of your paycheck gone before you even earn it, you know? Right. Yeah. It's just, I wanted to get out from under that. And incidentally for in, in my case, it was real estate investment that did it for me too. You know, we mm-hmm. we ended up buying a couple of rental homes and really stretching to do it. And when we sold the first rental home, the first thing I did was just wipe the slate clean. And it was just like, yeah. I mean, just like that, like a burdens off your shoulders. But right. Yeah. So going back to your story, you said you had side hustles, you know, so you yeah, were working full time, your husband is working full time and you had side hustles to be able to pay off all of that debt. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing what you did in, in such a short time. I wish I would have gotten out of debt a lot sooner. I was, you know, almost 40 when we, we hit the debt free button, you know, but yeah. Um, anyway, that's, that's awesome. Um, and what it allows you to do now is exactly what you said. I mean, you, you were able to take that money that you're earning and instead of putting a hundred thousand dollars a year towards debt, now you're able to put a hundred thousand a year towards something else. And in your case, it was passively investing. So yeah. what, what attracted you to apartments and multifamily? Well, I love the scale. So mm-hmm. I love the idea as a passive investor that I could literally just write a check and mm-hmm. someone else would manage all of it for me. So I didn't need to worry about tenants or toilets or anything like that or termites. But I loved the scale and secretly, I mean, well, it's not so secret, but we loved the depreciation. So my husband oh, and I, yes. if you do the quick math, we're both making over a hundred thousand dollars mm-hmm. and writing hefty checks to uncle Sam yes. and making sure that we could have that path pass through depreciation as a passive investor who yeah. is a full-time real estate professional was huge. It literally mm-hmm. makes such a big difference in our tax return every year. Yeah, it absolutely does. And with with my daytime job, I do not qualify as a, a full-time real estate professional. 
And so there's, there's limitations to what that passive losses can, can take off of my income. I'm not benefiting too much from it because of what my income level is right now. It phases out at 150, but man, I mean, I am so looking forward to next year's tax returns. You know, I retire in a couple of months and I will be a real estate professional and that depreciation will cancel out all of my income. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have, I have six figures in passive losses from 2020 that I can't use that are going to get carried forward to 2021. And my federal tax bill for 2021 is going to be a big goose egg and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be so great. I know. The best part, like my favorite part, I think paying taxes is important, but Mm -hmm. everyone should pay their fair share. But I love the fact that I can choose to put my money into things like nonprofit organizations or organizations that are super operationally efficient instead of writing over a blank check or carte blanche to the government. You know, and speaking of that, you know, I don't want to get too political. <laughs> I'm, not trying to, I'm trying to thread the needle for you, Brian. I, I work for the government, you know, and Vadim works for the government. And it's just, I see how much waste there is. There, There's so many positions that are just, I mean, I get paid a certain amount to do the job that I do at the Pentagon. You can pay somebody half that amount and get the same job done, you know, and it's just that there's so many inefficiencies in the government that... Yeah. I mean, I, I do the same thing. You know, maybe I'm not paying taxes, but I'm still giving a whole lot of money to charitable organizations yeah. that do things that the government, a lot of people think the government should, you know, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah. just horribly inefficient. And I've seen it firsthand, but let's talk about your big burning why you talked a little bit about it earlier, but what's, what's the big thing that motivates you? Well, it's the culmination of a couple of things. So mm-hmm. number one, um, we went through bankruptcy as a family when I was young. So mm-hmm. knowing I wanted to get out of debt and yep. create a way for more families to learn about financial literacy. Um, number two, I lost a parent at a young age suddenly. And so knowing mm-hmm. that every day is precious, making sure I can spend as much time with my daughter mm-hmm. as possible. Number three, I'm actually a survivor of sex abuse. And so wanted to make sure that I was making a difference in the lives of other survivors. So in 2020 alone, we rescued over a thousand girls from sex trafficking in Southeast Asia, and we're on pace to 10X that this year. And so those are the the big burning whys that are my reason for continuing to invest in, in real estate is to create that legacy so that I can choose how I spend my time and choose who I impact. Yeah. And that, that sex trafficking is a huge issue in lots of parts of the world. Um, my current job in the Pentagon, I'm international relations. And so, you know, part of, part of what we do, there's, there's always that piece tied to it, you know, knowing what's going on in certain areas. And I think Southeast Asia is probably where it's most prevalent, but yeah, it, it exists almost everywhere, everywhere, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, you know, hats off to you for taking care of that and, you know, trying to, to make the world a better place. So, so let's talk a little bit more about apartments again, shifting gears a yeah. little bit. Let's talk about some of the deals that you've done. One of the deals is in specific, or you can kind of talk about everything at once. Your sure. Choice. So let's talk about one of the ones that we did at the end of 2020, which mm-hmm. kind of was an outlier for our portfolio. So normally, unlike some of my peers, I invest in class A, um, but this one was really unique. It was a class C property in an up and growing uh, neighborhood in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So just outside the innovation quarter of downtown Winston-Salem, they're pumping billions of dollars into this economy um, yes. to really revitalize the area. And it's mm-hmm. it's really exciting to 
to be a part of that community. So uh, with my friends and partners at the DeRosa Group, we purchased this 336-unit apartment mm-hmm. building in Winston-Salem. It's technically a class C right now, but it has all the potential to be a B plus. Yep. Really excited about the opportunity, really excited about the, the renovations that we're doing. The cool part was we originally thought that we would get maybe a hundred dollar rent bump on mm-hmm. some of the the renovations, but now we're finding that it's actually significantly higher than that, that yeah. the market is bearing more. So we're really excited about the the business plan and the execution of of that asset. Yeah, I, I've seen that property. I saw the webinar. I think that's a killer deal that you guys got. The thing that I think surprised me most is break-even occupancy on that one. I think uh, somebody from the DeRosa Girl, I was talking, I remember who it was. I'm not going to say his name just for, for yeah. privacy issues, but the break-even occupancy on that property was like low 60s, maybe high 50s or something like that, where you know you guys could still pay all of your bills with almost half of the place vacant. You know, mm-hmm. so... Um, I thought it was a killer deal, you know, and Winston-Salem is is a fast growing market. I think, mm-hmm. I think it's a smart play, you know, find find a place where a lot of money is going in to develop and mm-hmm. you know, just double down. So incidentally, you talk about billions of, of dollars going into there. Who's putting the billions of dollars? Is that a government or what's the government? Yeah. Municipalities, mm-hmm. some innovation tech companies. It, mm-hmm. it crosses the gamut. There's a lot of partnerships that are happening. So a lot, a lot of people putting money into that area to build it up, uh, which means the economy is going to do good. More jobs are going to come, which is just going to increase the demand for those apartments. Uh-huh. You know, so and that's that's well played, and I, I think that's that deal is going to do extremely well. So, what role did you play in that? So the role that I played is I helped with a lot of the marketing for our OM, our presentations. Mm-hmm. Um, I helped with investor relations, bringing my own book of investors mm-hmm. to provide capital for the deal. And um, I help ongoing with the investor relations for the people that I brought to the table. Nice, nice, nice. Awesome. All important things. And I did see the OM. And like I said, I was impressed with it. So Thank you, you. Know, it was it was probably all because of that, the wonderful OM that, uh, that I saw. <laughs> you know, I'm like, man, this is- Fabulous OM. So. Yeah. I mean, Megan Lamke, she can do some graphics. Woo. Wow. So <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's fabulous deal, but you can't say enough about how, how impressed I was on that one, but good enough. All right. So here's a question that I always like to ask everybody um, just to see what's, you know, take my own little crystal ball and see what's coming up. Yeah. What's next for you? So what's next for us are a couple things. My husband and I are publishing a children's book at the end of the month, which is really exciting. It'll be about a way for parents to have conversations about wealth and money with their children. Mm -hmm. We're going to continue to serve in this investor relations, capital raising Mm -hmm. role halfway through all of the fun licensing for my securities license, looking ahead to study for my 24 series this year mm-hmm. uh, and just continue to build our portfolio so that we can impact more lives locally and globally. Nice. Nice. I like that. Now tell, tell us a little bit about that children's book. Where, where is it going to be available? And uh, I mean, I got five kids. Yeah. And trying to teach them money is is, is a little difficult. So it'll be available on Amazon and mm-hmm. it's called Lira's Lemonade Stand. So just mm-hmm. look for it in okay. April. All right. And uh, if there's a link available already, we'll put it in the show notes and yep. that, that'll be awesome. Um, incidentally, it's it's fun when light goes on. So 
real estate right now is my side hustle. I'm working full-time, you know, still active duty Marine, but uh, mm-hmm. I remember thank you for your service. Thank you. I appreciate that. I remember about a year ago, sitting down with my, he's, he's eight now, but uh, trying to explain to him why, why I couldn't play Minecraft with him. You know, well, you're home from work. Why can't you play? Well, you know, and I, I told him we're trying to buy apartment buildings. And when we buy an apartment building, everybody pays us to live there. And he thought about it for a little bit. And then he just, it was like the light bulb moment. You could just see his eyes light up. He's like, dad, they pay you to live there. Yep. You yep. need to buy as many apartments as you can, mm. you know? And it was just like, you know, okay, you know, something, you know, we got something through, you know, we got something through. So anyway, I'm excited to see that, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll pre-order if pre-order is available and, and we'll get that book. Lira's Lemonade Stand. Thanks a lot. Yeah. All right. So shifting gears right now, we got uh, Vadim on the line as well. Vadim Ray was born in Ukraine, raised in Los Angeles, and commissioned in the United States Navy in 2015. He since bought a small investment property, joined a coaching program, and is now working on transitioning full-time from the Navy to real estate investing in 2022. Vadim, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brian. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. So let's do the same same thing. Tell us a little bit about your background in history and uh, we'll go from there. Absolutely. I grew up in poverty. I'll start off there. Yeah. Uh, both my parents are still in poverty, living in Section 8 housing. And I was fortunate enough, I had the privilege to be presented with good options throughout my life. Mm-hmm. Those good options got me into the right schools, into the right college, and opened up the door to enter the Navy as an officer, commissioned mm-hmm. out of a uh, ROTC program up in Boston mm-hmm. and started opening my eyes to real estate. You know, we have the VA loan through the military. And so I recognized that it was a source of wealth for down the road. Mm-hmm. And I recognized I did not want to work more than 20 years. Yeah. And then I started doing some math and realizing, well, if I can retire in 20 years, why can't I retire even sooner? Mm-hmm. So I digging deeper into that and realize that you can. You absolutely mm-hmm. can. It's just a matter of scaling and going from there. So I got into bigger pockets. Bigger pockets led me to active duty passive income. Mm-hmm. Active duty passive income established an education program for multifamily investing back in August of 2019. Yep. I jumped straight into that. I was one of the first, I think we had like 10 or 15 people to join. Immediately jumped into a 30-40 unit uh, deal I got under contract about four or five months later. Walked away from that one. wasn't a great deal. Learned a lot. Got a lot of confidence out of it. And my partner on that deal, uh, Jonathan New, brought me over to another deal he had going on with a friend of ours, Corey Chonsky. Closed on that small little creative 23-unit deal. And that then showed us that we are great partners. We're a great team. We said, okay, let's commit to this team work of multifamily investing. Yep. Another partner, uh, Drew Ladner. We're all active duty, uh, active duty naval officers. Everyone's getting out sometime in the near future, whether through retirement or in my case, I'm just just getting done, out. Just yeah. getting out. Yep. Uh, I'll be out next May of 22. I'll beat you. So July this year. <laughs> yeah. The uh, two of the other guys will beat me too. Jonathan's yep. stuck for another three years. So yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, hey, that's that's cool. I mean, and doing it act- while well, active duty. I mean, that's. Very impressive, you know, and, and I can say that because I, I know how hard it is to to do this while you're running a day job, especially, you know, as an active duty person where you can get called to go across the world, you know, on a moment's notice, you know, it's it's one of those where 
I, I've been thrown so many wrenches and so many different things have been thrown into the to my plans that, hey, guess what? You're moving here, not there. Hey, guess what? You're going to be deployed for the next six months. Hey, guess what? So, you know, hats off to you and especially having an all, all Navy team. But incidentally, proof of concept. So you just had 23 units that you guys got together? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Together, we took down a 23 unit a few months ago. Okay. Uh, across our combined portfolios, we're looking at about 250 units under management. Nice. Nice. And you say that 23 was like, so it serves as a proof of concept for you. You know, you're able to, to get in on a, a deal. Um, was that a, a JV deal or did you guys syndicate that? We syndicated that. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Proof of concept. You you got some partners that you've basically did a test run with, uh, you know, for lack of a better term. You like your partners and now you're like, hey guys, let's let's do this more. Absolutely. So cool. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's talk about your motivation again. I mean, you, you kind of talked a little bit about, you know, why you do things, but if you can distill it down to, you know, a couple of, of, of sentences, what is your big burning why? Absolutely. My big burning why is to make this world a better place. Mm-hmm. And I want to do that through what I call exponential good, where mm-hmm. one action exponentially has a snowball effect on everyone that's surrounded by that one action. Mm-hmm. In the case of multifamily investing, right? You provide quality housing. You've got tenants who have some of their basic needs met. They're able to then focus their energy on just creating a better apartment community. Mm-hmm. That apartment community turns into a better neighborhood. That better neighborhood turns into a better city. Yep. And it just keeps going from there. Yeah. I mean, we, we've seen that in a couple of places. Uh, we bought you know, a Section 8 housing place, 33 units that was pretty run down and have been able to put a lot of money into it. You know, we, we've put uh, probably about a half a million into it and, you know, new siding. We're working on getting a parking lot, you know, re- resealed and restriped and, you know, new windows throughout, just just making it a nicer place. And it's it's churned that complex around. I mean, it has a whole new feel to it. The residents are happy to be there instead of, oh my gosh, I can't believe I live in this dump. And it's it's just, um, it's a game changer for a lot of people. So um, that, that's one thing that I love about this business is is you can make people's lives better by, by what you do. So that said, Vadim, we got Megan on the line here. What do you want to ask her? Megan, it's an honor to have you here and an honor to interview you. Yeah, nice to meet you, Vadim, and thank you so much for your service. Thank you for your support and appreciation. I would like to start off with a question of privilege. A lot of people like to focus on the privilege that others have, and I prefer to focus on what you do with that privilege. mm -hmm. I know in your case, you love to work with nonprofits and charities. Could you expand a little more on that? Yeah. I love to work with nonprofits and charities because... We've gotten to a point where we're financially free. We've reached that that early retirement stage. And I feel like it's my duty to make this world a better place and to empower nonprofit organizations to be more efficient and reach more lives and impact more people. Absolutely. I, I fully agree, as I mentioned. Yeah. You say in your bio that in every project we work on, we partner with local faith-based organizations to teach life skills to our tenants. Yeah. That's something that I've actually been thinking about for my future portfolio. It's a little small right now, but as we expand and as we scale, that's exactly what I want to offer my tenants is the opportunity to have good options. 
yeah. life skills, life coaching, financial skills, nutritional skills, everything that goes into having the lives that we're able to live. Mm-hmm. And I know for myself, I happen to learn a lot of these things kind of on my own, just being open to seeing these skills and recognizing that I needed those to succeed. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't have those options in the communities that they live in. They don't have those role models around them. They don't have the good options served on a platter. So I love seeing that that's something that you're offering to your tenants. Yeah. So one of the things that we do is we offer Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University, the same class that my husband Mm -hmm. and I took, the same class that changed our lives to every single one of our tenants. And if they prove that they went through all nine weeks and and graduated, we say, great, we'll reimburse you. Um, We've also started implementing Ramsey Plus, which is an app in some of our apartment communities. And we found that those who use the app have actually paid their rent in full on time. So it's this gift that keeps on giving. We <laughs> we phrase it as an amenity, like, let me teach you how to budget and be more efficient. But by teaching you how to budget, you're helping us run our apartment building more efficiently so we can serve you better. And then it makes our investors happier. Uh, and it's just the cycle that keeps giving Another thing that we've really partnered with that has helped us a lot is there's this nonprofit organization called Apartment Life. Have you heard of them? I have not. I'm going to write them down. Yeah. So Apartment Life, they will have essentially someone that is an additional arm to your property management team come live on site at your complex and help with community and driving towards events and doing that extra mile of building a neighborly type of community. So if someone has surgery or if they just had a baby, they will bring them a gift basket and we have a line item in our expenses for them to go do random acts of kindness like that, that build community. Because when people have that sense of community, they're less likely to want to leave. They have friends in the apartment complex and they're more likely to pay their rent on time, which is like a win, win, win. So. Yeah. I love it. I mean, when you can create a virtuous cycle like that, I mean, everybody wins. One book that I absolutely love is Stephen Covey's seven habits. That's one of the habits is you seek win, win relationships. Mm -hmm. And if you can help the tenants become better at managing their finances, which in a lot of C-class properties, they're not very good at it, but if you can help tenants Mm -hmm. to manage their, their finances, you're going to get your rent every single month and they're going to be better. So it's it's an absolute win-win scenario. Um, now, do you implement the same thing? You say you mostly do A-class properties. Are you doing the same thing with the A-class properties as well? Yeah, with A-class properties, we phrase it as an amenity. So we say, mm-hmm. hey, here's access to Ramsey Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you need it, use it. If you're not going to use it, no worries. But we just want to provide this as an additional value add to you living in this community. And just just curious, do you see any difference between how many people take on that amenity in the A-class versus the C-class property? We see more adoption in the A-class properties, which surprised me because mm-hmm. I thought that um, C-class tenants would want like that. Here's the golden nugget for how to mm-hmm. bootstrap and use your grit to change your life. Like mm-hmm. start with your finances. And um, well, I was really surprised how many A-class tenants took us up on the offer. Interesting. All right, Vadim, I, I stole a question from you. Back to you now. That's a great question. I appreciate you stealing it. So we covered what you do with the privilege, right? And the impact you're making on your tenants. And I love that. I don't think a lot of people realize that when you create a better life for the tenants, the investors win. 
you win, everyone wins. How could you say no to that equation? Yeah, you you can't. And like, right. Yeah, right. you can't. And I love seeing that you also take that into your more personal life and you use your personal profits to work with charities as well. Mm-hmm. Why do you take that one level deeper? I think it's the ob- it go- goes mm-hmm. back to that obligation of I came from really humble beginnings and have lived through some life experiences that most people don't live through their entire life. And wanting to make a difference for people who are in the same spot as me in all of those scenarios, it makes it less painful or it takes what was created as a horrible event and actually uses it for good. And so that's how it just propels me to continue to make a difference of, I came from humble beginnings. I've worked my butt off to be in a privileged situation. I owe it to myself and those coming behind me to reach out my hand and say, I'm here to help. I see you. I know you. I want to help you get out of the situation or, or live through this grief that you're going through. Well, that resonates very deeply with me. I think a lot of people see success and just see the end result mm-hmm. and struggle to appreciate the grit and the resilience that goes into that success. Would you mind sharing some of the grit and the challenges you experienced on your journey? Sure. So some of the grit, I think it's easiest to explain what grittiness looked like when I described my day when we were getting out of debt. So I would wake up at 4.30 in the morning and go teach a kickboxing class. Mm -hmm. Then I would go to my corporate sales job. I was the first one in the office at 6, 6.30. First one to um, turn on the lights, start calling people (laughs) in Europe for software sales. And then was super efficient with my time. And after work at 5 p.m., I would then go either show houses or I would be a waitress or a bartender at the Minnesota Timberwolves and Lynx games, do that until 11 p.m. and then repeat. On the weekends, I would sell houses and do marketing consulting and just grind it out because I had this huge dream that if we could become free, we would have the opportunity to be where we're at today. And I'm not going to get, I'm not going to cry, but like (laughs) how many more people could we impact if I just broke free from the cycle of being in debt, broke free from being chained to cube land? Like how many more people could we impact where we're hardwired for human connection and to make a difference and to make an impact. And so grittiness for me was a natural byproduct of that. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're looking to make a difference and help people and you are, you're in a position where you're living paycheck to paycheck and you need to let work 10 to 12 hours a day just to make your own financial ends meet, you're not in a strong position to help other people. You know, and I think I appreciate very much what you've, you've done, Megan, in, in all you do. And it's, it's something that, you know, a lot of people have the big heart, but you also have to be able to get to a point to where you're on a solid foundation and you can reach down and help other people up. You know, if you're on a shaky foundation, you're not going to help very many people. You know, you, you might try, but it's, it's not going to work well. So yeah, there's almost like these four stages that Mm -hmm. my husband and I talk about. So when we're in the grind, when we're being gritty, we were just focused on, okay, what's the now, like, how do we pay the mortgage now? Mm -hmm. And then we could finally look up and say, okay, then we're not, we can focus on the then, like there's more money coming in. We can focus yeah. on budgeting. And then 
now then turned into us. How can we provide for our family, make sure we have an emergency fund, set up things that will help us for retirement. And now that has turned from now then us to them. We can look up, look super broad, who in the world is hurting? Like, how can we create systems to help people and stand in the gap to promote enablement and impact investing? Yeah, I love it. I love it. I mean, I, I grew up, my, my dad was a blue collar worker and I can honestly say that because he wore a blue shirt to work every day. That's that's what I thought blue collar was when I was younger, but he, he worked for the post office. You know, I, I grew up four brothers, two sisters, single income family. And I saw that and I saw all the time and effort my dad put in. I just looked at it. I'm like, there, there's got to be a better way to do this, you know? And when when opportunities would come by for him to to serve in the community, you know, he was limited to what he could do. I mean, he would, he would literally, he, he was a Boy Scout leader for, for most of my, my life, even when he didn't have a boy in the Boy Scout program and he'd take his annual leave to go on scout camps, you know, and it was just, it was, it was one of the sacrifices he made to help make the community better. Mm-hmm. But, you know, something I realized, and he'd say this, he just said, I wish I had more time to serve. I wish I had more time to do this, you know, and it, it's one of those things that if you get to that point to where you're, you're looking past the next couple of paychecks where you can keep your head above water and look forward, you're going to have more opportunities to help people. So, mm-hmm. well, we are about out of time. And so I'm going to ask one question for each of you, Megan, you go first. How can listeners learn more about you? The easiest way for listeners to learn more about me is to go to our website, mm-hmm. meganlamke.com. I'm sure you'll put it in the show notes, Brian, but there you'll find yep. our podcast at business for good. You'll find mm-hmm. The books that we write, the blog articles that we write, you'll be able to connect with me on social media. That's the one-stop shop for connecting with me. Yep. And it will absolutely be in the show notes. So, you know, tap, swipe, tap, and it'll whisk you away to meganlamkey.com. Vadim, same question for you. How can listeners learn more about you? Thanks, Brian. Similar for me, you can find more about me and my team at fwcinvestments.com. That's for our company, Fairwinds Capital. All right. Nice. Well, hey, thanks you. Thank you both of you for being on the show today. Very much appreciated today's conversation. Um, even though we didn't talk a lot about real estate, I think this was probably better than than a lot of the podcasts we've had. So very much appreciate you both coming on the show today. Thank you so much, Brian. Thanks, Vadim. Thank you, Megan and Brian. Thank you for listening to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast today, brought to you by Four Oaks Capital. If you'd like to know more about how to invest in apartment buildings or want to be a guest in our show, visit our website at fouroakscapital.com slash podcast or email us directly. If you're still listening, you obviously like the show, so pull out your phone, tap subscribe, and leave us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app. And we'll see you again next week. <laughs>